and a triumphant return, if I may say so myself. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. I've been waiting forever to do a show again. I mean, let me tell you, the last one we did was April 4th of 2019, which was forever ago. My daughter wasn't even born yet the last time I did a show. Yet here we are, and I am super, super excited. Thank you all for joining me. My name is Dominic, and I'm humbly welcoming you all and thanking all of you, too. By the way, thank you so very much for allowing me to do this again. If you're listening right now, you definitely helped out by either donating or sharing it. And even just by listening, you're helping out. But welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the new season two. Brand new show. Okay, as you just heard, some new music, lots of new stuff all around. It's crazy. It's three beers in, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 136, and today we're drinking. Well, I'm drinking. Here comes a burp. I'm going to try to do them off the microphone as much as possible. Because if people were saying it was terrible that I burp in the mic, whatever. We're drinking Five Burrows Brewing Co. Pilsner. That's the name of the beer. It's just Pilsner. And I'm okay with that. I really kind of like the fact that they're not going over the top crazy with the name. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. All of you. You guys have made this happen. And I am just, forgive me for, for like, you know, screwing up. I'm going to screw up a couple times today because I'm not used to the equipment. Like, I'm not used to everything. So just bear with me. I still got to get everything down. right. I hope I sound good. I don't know if I do. I did do some tests over the weekend, but I don't know if it really worked or not. So we're going to grow together. We're going to grow together and we're going to have a great time. But again, thank you all and welcome, welcome, welcome. The music that you just heard was Melmac. Okay. Melmac was, was one of the most popular bands on Staten Island in the early 2000s. And they're still legendary on this island. I went and go, I went to go see the band Melmac. Maybe. I mean, every time, every chance that I could. I was a young kid. I was a young kid. My cousin Tom, we would go to shows. It was intense. It was so much fun. It was the best time of my life. Well, I mean, then it was awesome. You know, life is great now. Life's real good right now. But um, Melmac, my goodness. So I was listening to my, so I, I was thinking to myself, I want to do the brand new podcast. I want to do everything new. I want to do anything fun. And I'm saying to myself, what am I going to do about the music? I got to get new music because I can't even access the old music because all the computers are all fucked up. So I said, what am I going to do? So I'm listening to Melmac on Bandcamp. By the way, you can go to Bandcamp right now and listen to them if you'd like to. Their full albums are there. You could even uh, donate uh, some money and, and get the albums. I highly recommend you do it. It's great music. Take it with you. Do whatever you want. It's wonderful. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what am I going to do about the music about the, with the show? I need to have good music. So I start looking online, and like the places online are saying $50 a song, but then you own the rights to it, and people can't use it, and this, that, and the third. New logo, by the way. Say hello to Hansel, a.k.a. Hans Lagerbarrel. Nice little fella right there. Hope he's really, really, uh, hope, hope he makes you happy. Hope when you see him, you feel joy. So I'm on Bandcamp, and I'm listening to the Melmac, and it's just, it's fucking great music. I really enjoy it. A ska punk band, right down my alley. I love the music. Great, great tunes. And I'm like, you know, it'd be so freaking awesome if I can get Melmac's music on my podcast. I think it would just elevate it to a level that's just unbelievable. That's, un, you know, be untouchable type stuff. So I took a shot in the dark, like I said before, and I emailed them. There was an email there. Email them, talk about the talk about all the good times that I had listening to them and how I still listen to them and how they really positively, very positive impact on my life because they were fun and they were like, they weren't the shitty people. They were 
fun, awesome people. There was there wasn't anything aggressive about them. It was just fun times. Every time they played, it was just everybody fucking loved that band. And I couldn't believe it, but I got an answer within a day and a friend request from 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 a member of the band on Facebook. And normally I don't just accept Facebook requests, but it said that they were friends with somebody else that I knew. And I was like, all right, fuck it. All right. Maybe I know you. Who knows? This guy messages me. He's the me- he was a member of Melmac. And he start he and I just kick it off. Start talking about beers. We start talking about the band. He sends me all their music with the blessing of the rest of the band. He said that the the rest of the band got the email too. They were floored by it. He thanked me for asking for permission. Said I was a great guy for doing so. Don't want to pat myself on the back, but you know I wasn't going to just take their music. The guy was just really really nice, really really awesome. And they were like, yeah, use the music. Do whatever you want with it. And maybe one day we could do a beer review together, which we definitely can because I can take phone calls on this nifty device brought to you by the people of Three Beers In. So that was the coolest thing ever. So they're going to be the intro and the outro, and they're also going to be the Mount Rushmore music. By the way, you're going to heal here. Heal. You're going to hear a lot of the Mount Rushmore music in the new iteration of Three Beers In because... All these beers are going to have to go on the Mount Rushmore because they're the t- highest rated rated beers of three beers in right now. I'm going to really tighten up that rating system. I'm going to try to be really, really strict. I'm going to, well, I mean, not strict. I'm going to try to be really honest when it comes to the beers. Okay, more often than not, I like the beer that I'm drinking. Even though I pick it randomly, I always try to find something good. But I'm, I'm just going to try to be fair because the, the Mount Rushmore has to be has to be correct. Okay, I don't want it to be some gimmick. I mean, it is a gimmick. Don't get me wrong. But I want it to have, you know, I want it to mean something. So if the beer is on the Mount Rushmore of three beers in, that means that it, it deserves to be there. Okay, where was I? Also, another thing that I did, when I got this this enthusiasm that built up inside of me, when, when people were donating this money and I was able to get this stuff it just reinvigorated my heart and soul when it came to the show. I was so excited. I bought a map of the United States. I know what you're thinking. Who gets so excited they buy a map of the United States? This guy does. I bought a map of the U.S. and I and I also bought push pins. And I was gonna put a push pin on every single state that I've had a brewery in, like the city and state with, uh, that I've had the breweries of the beers that I've had on the show, basically. Okay, so let me just type in map of U.S. real quick because I got to tell you what what I what what happened. Um, so, so I'm doing this, this, this whole thing where I'm like, t- uh, you know, push pin here, push pin there. And it's really, really neat because like, I'm going down the, I'm going through off the United States. It's like filling up. It's looking really, really cool. And then I, and I was done. I did all the three beers in beers that like I could look up real quick. And, you know, I, I got as close to the city as I could with like Google maps and stuff like that, just to give it a more of an accurate uh, look to it. So I take a step back. I look at this great country, the purple plains of majesty. And I notice I have not had any beer from right in the middle of the United States. And what do I mean by that? I mean North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. That is, if you drew a line straight through the middle of the United States, that's where it would be. And I haven't had a single beer from them. It literally looks like I split the country in half by not by purposely not having beer from these places. Now, it may be the fact that there's the beers that are out there do not get distributed to this coast yet i do get beer i ha, but i have had beers from california oregon washington uh, uh 
you know, Colorado. I've had beers from there. Goal of mine is to try to get a beer from every state. That's something I really want to do. Most beers I've had, the most breweries are right here in New York City. A little bit in Jersey. Lots in Pennsylvania. Quite a bit from, like, Virginia, Maryland, surprisingly. I don't know why I put the pitch up to this high. But, you know, just wanted to share that with you. Because I thought it was really interesting and really, really fun. And if you have an extra 20 to $25 and you don't mind push pins, because that could get very tedious, and you don't mind Google mapping, stuff like that, I say that you should do the same thing because it's a very, very cool thing to do because you could see just where you've been around the United States, this great, great country that we live in. Okay, now, what are we going to do now? This is a new segment. This is brand new to the three beers in. We are going to look up the hop of the week. I wanted to do hop of the month where I highlighted a hop throughout the whole month. But then I realized as I was, as, as, as I was aggregating a list of hops, there's over 200 of them. Granted, I know that three beers in will still be around 200 months from now, whatever the math is. I'll even pass it down to my children if I have to. I know it's going to be around. Nonetheless, that could be a little bit overwhelming to talk about a single hop for that long. Either way. Decided to do Hop of the Week. Keep it moving. Keep doing hops and stuff. So what I did was I went on wheeldecide.com. Not we will decide. Wheel. Wheel. Like the reinvention of the wheel. Decide.com. You're only limited to 100 uh, choices. I learned that the hard way. I got three different wheels. Over 100 on each wheel. Well, 100 on each wheel. So we're looking at almost 300 hops. We're going to be talking about hops for the rest of our lives, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it's going to be. So... We're always going to have a new random hop every single week to talk about. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the wheel. When I spin the wheel, it's going to spin and it's going to land on a hop that I have not done before. Well, this is the first time. So and it's going to remove it as we go along. It says it's going to. I don't I don't know. I guess I believe it. But here it is. Hold on just one second. I just have to open up another another thingy here. And then I'm going to spin this wheel. I'm going to spin this wheel here. And we're going to see what hop we're going to talk about today on the show. I think I just broke it. Okay, here we go. So we're going to spin right now. It's spinning relentlessly. Okay, there's hops everywhere. Actually, you can't even read it because it's like so many hops. It's coming to a stop. And there it is. Oh! Mandarina Bavaria. Mandarina Bavaria. Get the fuck out of here. Now, this is interesting. Now, this is interesting. And the reason that I'm so smitten over this particular one is because if you've been a listener of the show, you know that I've talked about this hop before. How ironic is this? When I did Hang Glider by Killsborough, I specifically remember it because when I was reading, because I wanted to get into hops before the, the flood. Now we're in the new show era, season two. It's going to be a thing. I'm going to talk about a hop every week, so get used to it. If you don't like it, skip ahead. That's fine. Do whatever you want. It's the show. You're listening to it. You probably donated. I hope you like it. So, uh, Hang Glider by Killsborough. First beer that I did from Killsborough, which is the, the I don't want to say the other Staten Island brewery, but I think they were the second one, if we're going to talk about the craft breweries here on the island. And um, the thing that was uh, surprising about that, well, not surprising, but the Mandarina Bavaria was the first time I ever saw it was on that can, okay? 
So I find it a little ironic that the first iteration of this segment will be featuring the uh, Mandarina Bavaria hop, but nonetheless, let's talk about them real quick. So the German Mandarina Bavaria, okay? The tagline here says Mandarina Bavaria is a tangerine machine that's intense, sweet, and distinctive. It looks like a hop. I mean, I can't even I can describe it to you, but it looks like a hop. Where does it come from, you might ask? It comes from Germany, and it's a daughter of Cascade, along with Hollertau Blanc and Hul Melon, and was released in 2012, which I find really interesting because that's fairly recently, but I do want to look up if there's been newer hops that have come out and if we can find them anywhere. How do we use it? Mainly used for aroma, believe it or not. It's a the tangerine machine. When used for late whirlpool, uh, whirlpool or dry hop additions, the Mandarina Bavaria is quickly finding support in the brew house for American IPA variants, black ales, saisons, and other beers where a definite fruity and strongly hoppy character is beneficial. This is from um, bsgcraftbrewing.com. So uh, that's pretty much what it says here. And the uh, aroma and flavor characteristics of this particular beer is intense pineapple, lemon, and citrus flavors with a resinous herbal follow-up. It's sweet and distinctive. So I just coughed off the mic. I don't. I hope you didn't hear it. I did enjoy the Mandarina Bavaria in Hang Glider. Hang Glider, I think, I could be wrong, but I think that was um, Killsborough's take on the uh, New England-style IPA. And it wasn't juice. It wasn't very juice bomby to me, but you did get that tangerine flavor there, and you did get the um, the pineapple as well and those, and those citrus flavors. So the Mandarina Bavaria, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so here are some beers that also utilize this hop. Uh, you may have seen them, you may have not, but you have Stone Vengeful Spirit IPA, you have Firestone Walker Easy Jack, and New Belgium Citradelic Tangerine IPA. Now, this is the interesting part, especially these last two, right? These last two beers I have seen many times. The Firestone Walker Easy Jack and the New Belgium, uh, the New Belgium Citradelic Tangerine IPA. And just like, let me turn this down a little bit, just like with the Bell's Two Heart Amber, Okay, and their hop slam, anything from Bells, I stayed away from it because you you get this idea in your head. And I don't know where it comes from, but if you look at the beers that come from Firestone Walker, they have a very certain they have a certain look to them, right? They have like a almost like a gothic, like granite look to them. It's darkish. The labels I'm talking about here, not just I'm not just I'm not talking about the beer. I'm talking about the labels. They have like a, a certain look, almost like they have a certain um, message that they're trying to get out there when it comes to their beers. Right. So when you looked at the when I saw the Easy Jack label, it was the the bear and, the, and it's a bear fight. And I think another bear or some other fucking animal. And it's this bright orange label, almost like. And, and, and for me, I looked at it and I was just like. Number one, they're not craft. So I think they're not craft. I'm pretty sure they're not craft. Number one, they're not craft. And number two, why would I want to have like a shandy beer? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna enjoy that. I want I want a you know something that's gonna be like a, a real beer, not a shandy. Same thing with New Belgium, right? They have the Citradelic Tangerine IPA. New Belgium's great. Fat tire is a fantastic beer. Okay, Voodoo Ranger is good. They got the double Voodoo Ranger. They're a great company. They're, I, I really like their redesign too of the fat tire. Like they made it like it's just this classic looking 
font. You know, there's no there's no bicycle on it anymore. It's pretty neat. But it's the same kind of thing. It's this bright, colorful label when you're expecting something um, different from them. So I kind of strayed away from it. I'm like, this is probably going to be like a Schorhofer or something, like a Shandy beer. But if there's one thing that I've learned about, you know, doing this show and about beers in general, do not judge the book by its cover. I'm pretty sure Easy Jack and the Citradelic Tangerine IPA are not going to taste like Shandy's. They're not going to be sweet, candy-like beers. They're probably going to be just regular IPA-type beers or regular ales, and they're just going to have the feature of the Mandarina Bavaria, especially probably in the aroma and stuff like that. So I do... I do want to try these beers just to give them a shot. And I do implore you all to do the same and go out and try to find them just to see how they taste, to just see what the Mandarina Bavaria hop can do for you. If you could find it out there, I say go out and do it because, um, hey, that's that's what this is all about, right? We want to we want to learn about these hops and we want to be able to maybe identify them uh, when we run into them. That music can only mean one thing and one thing only. It's time for the beer news. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I added, I have all these buttons here that have, you could play music and stuff. So thank you. That was the news music. It's time for the beer news portion of the show. Switching it up a little bit. I'm going to do the review afterwards only because I've learned as I drank these beers and as I go along. Sometimes they get better over time, and I want to change my score. So I think it's more fair for me to take a lot more time drinking them and just relaxing and talking with you guys, talking about beer news and stuff like that, and then talking about the review, really getting in deep, you know, giving it a very solid score. When I say solid score, I mean a fair one that's not over-the-top crazy. And, you know, I think it would be better for the show to do it like that. So... The beer news, ladies and gentlemen. The first article that I got, that I pulled up here. Excuse me, because my laptop can be a little bit weird sometimes. Cute little laptop. does its job. Uh, it's from VinePair.com, and this article says, Pilsners are an elegant outlier in the craft beer hype machine. Huh. Interesting. We're drinking a Pilsner right now. Ran across this article today. I said I got to pick it up. I got to listen to I got to read it and see what it's all about. So... The beginning of this article, like I said, from vinepair.com, it says here, it gives you a little backstory of pilsners that come from a Czech village in the 19th century and blah, 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 um, and that uh, they taste good. But uh, they also talk about how the, the pilsners are not very big in the craft uh, brew community, and that's because they're not easy to make, ladies and gentlemen, okay? They're a lager beer. You have to, you have to ferment that cold. In order for that yeast to activate at a proper uh, temperature that you want, it's got to do so in a cold... Oh, shit. Sorry about that. At a, at a, at a cooler temperature. So it says, uh, Pilsners uh, and their role in the craft uh, beer community currently raise questions. Today's craft beer drinkers gravitate towards brews with strong, bold flavors and vivid colors. IPAs have come to dominate craft beer tap lists and are the third most popular style in America. Dick Cantwell, founder of Alessian Brewing Company, who's not craft, says, We are living in the heyday of the IPA. Wow. Quote him. 
Sours and stouts have emerged from their niches and are edging towards the mainstream as well. Pilsners, on the other hand, are bready, crisp, and subtle. Okay, what are you talking... Okay, you're going to describe what they taste like? Fine. Okay, new, uh, uh, spoiler alert, newsflash, IPAs are dominant and have come to dominate the craft beer industry? Ugh. I'm sorry if you can't... I'm sorry if I... I'm sorry, I fell backward. You don't say. You don't fucking say, really. Everyone knows that. This ain't new. Are Pilsners on the verge of becoming the Bordeaux of the craft beer world? For those of you who don't know what a, bur- a Bordeaux is, it's a respected uh, style favored primarily by older drinkers and contrarians. Contrarian geeks, it says here. Or is there a change coming that suggests Pilsners will find solid ground and mainstream success amid the rapidly shifting trends of craft beer in 2019? What are the rapidly sh- uh, shifting trends? Because the only thing I'm seeing that's rapidly shifting is that everyone's making New England-style IPAs. I don't see Pilsners making no comeback at all. I don't see Pilsners at all. It's a, it's a, listen, I went into this brewery because it was along the way of going somewhere else, and I knew I was going to be starting the show soon, and I wanted to go grab some beer. I was shocked to see that there was a fucking Pilsner in there. That doesn't mean it's making a comeback, but it's a part of the core of Five Borough Brewing, but I'm going to get back to that in a moment. Kevin Bradford, co-founder of the craft beer bar Harlem Hops, says this is a factor among his clientele. We have customers that will come in only looking for Pilsners, he says. These customers usually comment that they want to drink more than one or two rounds of beer and still be in control of their mental awareness. The bar always has a Pilsner on the draft list and two or three can options. That's just smart to have a Pilsner on the list. You know, when you're going out drinking... There's not a lot of session IPAs out there on tap. They're going to be strong, powerful beers. But who goes out? I'm not, listen, I haven't been out drinking at the bar in a long time, but I'm never going to look for a fucking, a double IPA to drink. Why would I do that? First of all, they're more expensive at the bar. And second of all, you're going to feel all full and bloaty. I do look for a Kilvan Kulsh. The flagship Kilvan Kulsh is around here. And I, and I look for something... I'll do the bells too hearted, you know. You want to look for a low ABV. That's all. This is odd. So then this article goes on to talk about how people didn't like Pilsners. Now they do like Pilsners, and they're talking about how Pilsners are making a comeback. I think this is horse shit. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this article has be, you know, I I really wanted to, to, I had hope for this article, but it's just making me mad now because the the, the way that they're purporting it is as, if, is as if they've just found out that there's such a thing as a Pilsner. Listen, there's a reason, there's a big reason why craft breweries do not gravitate toward Pilsners and lager beers. And the unfortunate thing is, number one, not a lot of people want them. Okay, sorry. I mean, it's just a, the fact of the matter. And number two, you there there are, you could run into some problems when brewing an ale and you could mask it with the hops. Okay, we've talked about that before on the show. And we even even the um, one of the brewers at Flagship talked about that. He talked about how it's not easy to do the lagers, you know. So to say that this is some new fucking thing, no, it's not. I'm so sorry. So forget that. Um, next one. This is actually something that I wanted to to touch upon because this has been this has become like a big. This has really become a huge thing in our little community here. So. The 
the headline here from uh, Milwaukee uh, CBS is hard seltzer brand White Claw surpasses nearly all craft beer brands in sales. Now, I've talked to some people in the community and they're fit to be tied about this. And I'm like, why? And I'll get to that in a second. But a new report says hard seltzer is a summer staple. Data show White Claw, a hard seltzer alcoholic beverage brand, is in the top 25 brands among malt beverages and beers. Sales have surpassed all craft beer brands except Blue Moon Belgian White. So now this makes me think, who did the article? Because, I mean, Blue Moon is not a craft beer. So now are they just saying beer that's not Bud and Coors and stuff like that? I don't know. Craft breweries like Milwaukee Brewing Company's Ale House say their beer continues to be the top-selling beverage for them, but they have seen a high spike in White Claw sales. People come here as a destination specifically for our beer, so that's why it's our top seller. But I can definitely see, like in other bars, where you don't have as much of a variety or people specifically aren't there for beer, leaning towards that lighter option. Still, not seeing what the big problem is here. It's a different story for liquor stores. Managers at Riverbend Liquor in West Allis uh, say they sell four 12-packs of hard seltzer for every 12-pack of craft beer sold. Customers say they love hard seltzer for the health-conscious reasons. Everyone's trying to get healthy. Everyone's trying to hit the gym, you know, and lose weight. And this is, this is your thing right here. You're going to drink this, says Rob Strand of Milwaukee. White Claw claims to have 100 calories, 2 grams of carbs, and minimal sugar in every can. I like how there's a lot of variety in flavors. I just like how light it is. I like it's not too sweet compared to other cocktails, says Angela Sadler of Wow Wow So. That's a tough one right there. Nielsen's studies show hard seltzers have had a 193% sales growth compared to a year ago. And the assorted flavor packs account for the majority of sales. Some are shocked to find out White Claw sales surpassed craft beer. What? I'm surprised by it uh, because, to be honest, I don't love the taste of it. I can tolerate the taste of it, but I prefer craft beer, though, says Lindsay of Wow Wow Wowatosa Wowatosa. Damn. I wouldn't consider it competition for us but for craft beer in general it's definitely getting there i see it taking over as a big trend i mean just even the liquor store near you it might be prominent okay so this is this is what really makes me laugh about this so i was talking to some people in the craft beer community about this because there were some folks that were really really upset about it and there's two sects of people that are mad let me just take a sip of this beer and i'll tell you this There are people that are mad because they're choosing these hard seltzers over craft beer. I mean, again, I don't know why people are so, like, surprised. You know, here we go again, people. Wake up. Open your eyes. Most people out there, Joe Sixpack is not getting a Joe Sixpack, okay, of Founders Bastard Backwoods or whatever, Okay. Or Duclaw's Sweet Baby Jesus. It's not happening. Or Stone's IPA. Or Dogfish Head Sea Quench. No. Joe Sixpack is going to buy Bud Light. Natty Light. Maybe even Budweiser if he's feeling crazy. 
Most people don't drink craft beer. Craft beer drinkers drink craft beer. So why you're upset or surprised, I have no idea. You're just not thinking correctly. The other sect of people are fucking dumb. Hate to say it. Love you all. Love people who drink craft beer and everything like that. But I think you're pretty fucking dumb. They're mad because they're categorizing as, as the, they're categorizing it as craft beer. <laughs> you're mad over people categorizing it as craft beer. Granted, I get a little bent out of shape when you call Blue Moon craft beer because it's not. Or you call, um, think of another one, Tom, think of another one. I don't know. Bud Light Lime is not craft beer. I mean, you get mad at that. But the fact that someone's called, you, even the people that are categorizing it as craft beer and drinking the stuff are definitely not saying this is a solid craft brew. I don't even know. Is this what hops taste like? No, come on. You're getting mad over that? Please, this is nothing to be surprised about. Of course people are going to love this shit. It's fucking easy to drink. It's really delicious, especially in, in the summertime. Okay? It's hot out. And, like, do you, do you want to sit there and suffer? No. Especially if you're just a regular person. I mean, they're really good to have in the summer. I would love to expose these people to a nice, delicious... Pilsner or Kolsch would be wonderful if I could bring them into the fold, but it isn't going to happen. This is not what people do. So I got to bring this up. This is something that came to my attention from Pete Sullivan's uh, Facebook. I, I saw it. I had to comment on it because it's absolutely driving me out of my mind that I got to see this. So New Jersey is cracking down on craft breweries, basically, right? Now I got the video up right now, and this guy is severely balding, and um, he brings up some of the most, some of the ridiculous things that these craft breweries now have to do in order to be compliant with the state law of New Jersey. So as this article, as this thing goes along, I'm going to pause it and read what they have uh, listed because they have a whole bunch of stuff. They have new rules and regulations that these breweries have to adhere by in order to, um, in order to have people come into their establishment, which is absolutely out of, wait till you hear some of this stuff. Okay. Do I have to, let me maybe skip ahead a little bit to show because he had, they have it like written down. Okay, here we go. Here's here's the first little batch right here. This guy, he looks like he would be so boring to drink with. So here are the new rules for uh, New Jersey uh, craft brewers. Uh, brewer, uh, so this is from the state of New Jersey, the Department of Law and Public Safety Division of the Alcoholic Beverage Control, which is a mouthful right there. So here we go. Required to give patrons tours of the facility before serving them not permitted to sell food on site or work with food trucks and vendors, not allowed to have more than two televisions bigger than 65 inches. What a crock of horse shit this is. Seriously. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, you have to give them a tour before serving them? The first thing I said was what I did the other day. I walked right into Five Boroughs Brewing Co. I walked right to the fridge because I couldn't get anything on tap because the wife and kid were outside. I picked up two six-packs. I went to the guy. I bought them. I fucking walked out. Can't do that in Jersey. Not allowed. And This is another fucking egregious thing that I'm reading here. Not permitted to sell food on site or work with food. So you can't have anything. Let's do another brewery that I loved, that I knew and loved. 
went to Omegang upstate. Talked about, I talk about it ad nauseum on the show. Delicious food there. Delicious, wonderful beer. Excellent beer tour that I did optionally and bought beer. Can't do that. No, sir. Not allowed to have more than two televisions bigger than 65 inches. I'm going to shrug at that one. But I mean, you're going to have you could have beautiful displays with your your beer menu on there and everything like that so that like people can really get an idea of what you have there. Not allowed to do that. It's a fucking tragedy. Here's the next thing. Can market up to 25 special events a year. This includes trivia, live music, yoga, etc. Full stop again. Okay. Flagship. Excellent local craft brewery here. They have geeks who drink. They have live uh, music all the time. Only 25 events. You have 25 weekends to do something. They go into Richmond Town and they work with food trucks there. They have Eggers ice cream over there and stuff like that. It's a fucking wonderful thing. They got the lamp, not the lamp, the fucking hanging lights. It's it's fucking, it's like a, out of a storybook. It looks like a Thomas Kincaid painting, but for craft beer. Can't do that. Private parties capped at 52 events per year. Hosts can bring wine and beer. So that means you can have one event a week for a year. Really? Flagship, you have a beautiful area, nice size area. You could have a communion there. You could have a wedding there if you want to. I know a couple, I think, who had their wedding at the Brooklyn Brewery. Can't do it. Not allowed. And it can only participate in up to 12 off-site events per year. What does that mean? How the fuck would the, you're going to follow these breweries into other areas and, and like, assault them or, or, like, accost them from afar? It's such horse shit. I mean, just that alone just had me so mad that I like I went out and I and I commented right on Pete's page. I said, this is such horse shit. So this is like the government just cracking down on these. Cra- I didn't even get to like I, I that's as far as I got with the video. I literally got so triggered. And I don't normally get triggered per se, but this got me so fucking mad that I just stopped watching it because if they, I mean, I'm pretty sure it goes farther and deeper than that, but talk about complete and utter nonsense. I mean, this is an attack on craft beer. I'm not telling anybody to rise up or nothing like that, but still you have to have a tour before you buy beer. That's fucking ridiculous. That's such nonsense. And the most un-American thing that I've heard in a long, long time, seriously. So, Cracking open another one. Oh, I wonder if that picked it up because this microphone is super good at not picking up on things. So I think that might be it for the articles. I might have one more. You hear that? Probably not. This microphone's crazy. Okay, let's see. I think I have one more article here that I wanted to touch upon before... Before I got to the break. Um, no, that was it. That was it for the articles. That and, and for, some re- for some reason, the World Health um, Organization uh, put out a, a, a uh, whatchamacallit, a statement saying that um, increased alcohol consumption in sunlight may increase the risk of sunburn. Now, I mean, I, I don't know 
what you were expecting. I do know if I've been drinking, I might forget to put some sunscreen on. But I mean, that's just, I mean, I thought that's par for the course. You get a little drunk, you get a little sunburn. When you go inside, you feel the tightness of your skin and you feel the wooziness of the booze. And together it makes a melody of, of just of just wonderful, wonderful stuff. So I'm going to take a moment here to take a little bit of a break. And I'm going to catch you on the other side. Some things um, from the past do have to come back. So the song Everybody is here for the bathroom break. Come on. It's just it's just too darn good to leave out. I want to thank everybody for listening. Well, you know, the show's not over, but I want to thank everybody for th- that donated to get this show back on the, on the uh, on podcasting. From the bottom of my heart, it's just unbelievable, and I'm so, so thankful. Everyone that had emailed in between... Um, and, and uh, you know, from from April fourth until now, up until now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer them. I'm really really sorry because it's from the past. Moving forward, if you want to ask again, whatever your questions and comments may be, please do not hesitate to always email us at at three beer, three beers in at gmail.com. Also on our website www.threebeersin.com, you can go to the contact us page and just drop us a line. Whatever question or comment you have, whether good or bad, I'll take it. Ooh, it sounds so darn good. Seriously, everybody, thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Really can't wait to get back into the swing of things. Be a complete pro with this soundboard because I fucked up the recording before. Hope I can splice them together to make a complete show. We'll see what happens. But thanks, everybody. Wholeheartedly. And here we are. So um, we've gotten to the part of the show where we're going to do our beer review portion. So let's start that music up, shall we? All right. Oh, I found something a little bit bit gentler than the music that we had last time on the show. So, like I said earlier, I've been drinking this entire time, ladies and gentlemen. And what I've been drinking is Five Burrows Brewing Co. Pilsner. That's all it's called. As soon as I saw it in in that fridge, I got excited. I got really excited because this is kind of like my favorite beer style. It's so, so good. And according to the article we read before, it's so, so new. Pilsner. It's their core year-round, part of their core year-round um, thing. Uh, whatever. Inspired by Czech tradition, our Pilsner is light in color and uh, body with a clean, bitter finish. Czech saz or says, I'm going to say says, Czech says hops impart soft floral and grassy aromas. This style is deceptively difficult to brew, and we worked hard to perfect our take 
on this unassuming logger. Now there they go again, saying that these pilsners are just, they're hidden away. No one knows about them. So uh, I read about this beer before I had one. And um, the hops that they're using are the the Saze hops and Hollertau. They're using a pilsner malt. So right off the bat, I'm pumped. Right off the bat, I'm pumped. 5% ABV, by the way. The, Sa- the Says hops and the Hollertau hops are hops that are used primarily in the German style, the Czech style Pilsners. Okay? Which is incredible to read. So as soon as I saw that in the, in the description, I knew that I was in for a treat. Now the funny thing is, I, I cracked open a can, I poured it out. Actually, do I have one left? I have one can left, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really aggressively drink this one and then get to the next one, but... What are we looking for in a Czech pale lager, or a Pilsner, rather? So we're looking for a, a, a rich, um, considerable malt and hop character with a long, rounded finish. Uh, you want a complex, yet well-balanced and refreshing beer. The malt flavors are complex for a Pilsner-type beer, with the bitterness uh, being strong but clean without harshness, which gives a rounded impression that enhances uh, drink- drinkability. And this is from the uh, Beer Judge's Handbook or whatever here. So... For, for, um, for our show now, I'm going to break down the beers into their appearance, the aroma, the mouthfeel, and the flavor. I'm going to rank all those things together and come up with a score. So the first thing I noticed when I poured this beer out is it's a pretty clear Pilsner. Um, yeah, you can see right through that bad boy. The head didn't last a long time. It kind of dissipated fairly quickly. But now let's get a nose on this. Oh, boy. Mm. Has that, again, that classic Pilsner aroma, okay? That 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 maltiness is there. There's, a, there's that rich maltiness, a spicy hop, but very low. It's not, it's not dank or anything like that. Let's give it a taste. The taste is impeccable. So, uh, we have a, a decent um, amount of carbonation. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. In the beginning, there is a a very sweet malty flavor, but not, but not overly sweet. Let me not say very sweet. It's a, it's a sweet malty flavor. A little bit of a breadiness, but very, very mellow. And then the bitterness comes in in the back end. Very, very subtle. Very drinkable beer. Grab another one. Hang on. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be biased. But, like I said, when I read the hops, I knew that I was going to love the beer. Let me see if I could pick up the pour here. Hold on. A lot of can noise here. So when it pours out, you get about a finger of head. The the conditions of the room being so humid and disgusting may contribute to how this beer comes out. But if you're going to look at the moniker of your Czech Pilsners, this hits every single point, bar none. I said this before, especially reading that article, that a lot of craft breweries do not do Pilsners well. 
and like I said, it's hard to do. They say it right here. It's hard. It was hard for them to make this. It was hard for them to brew this beer. And the amount of care that they took into making sure that this was a premium Pilsner was absolutely outstanding. The appearance is on point. The mouthfeel is on point. The carbonation is just right for me. The aromas are what you want in the Pilsners. And the flavors there too. It's not too, too bitter in the back end. I actually maybe would want a little bit more bitterness and less sweetness. Okay? That's what I would want. But nonetheless, because of how good this beer is and that's not you know I would prefer a little bit of a harsher bitterness but that's just my palate that's just me this beer gets a 9.2 hands down a 9.2 and that's a very fair score I'm not going to bullshit you guys that is just how good this fucking beer is okay which means that this beer makes it to the top of the list under the lager section of our new Mount Rushmore. Ladies and gentlemen, Five Borough Brewing Co. Five Boroughs Brewing Co. Their Pilsner. Go out and get it because you're going to have a premium, delicious Pilsner when you do so. It hangs with the big boys. This is as good as Pilsner or Kell. This is as good as the Tannen Zempfel, which is my favorite German pills. Okay? It will hang with the big boys. Fantastic beer. You know, this gets me... I want to have more beer from these people, man. I want to have more beer from them. This was so good. I had some other things that I wanted to touch upon before we uh, end the show. Real quick. Uh... While I was gone, Flagship came out with a Pilsner. That's something that's on my to-do list. I'm going to go out and probably, I'm going to try to get that maybe not for next week, but the week after because I want to be more balanced with how I do my beer reviews. I want to be a little bit more fair. I want to be a little bit more balanced. An ale today, a lager tomorrow, a stout the week after. And d- buckle up, everybody, because Sour September's coming. That's correct. You heard it here. On three beers in for all of the month of September, I will doing I will be doing nothing but sours. I know there's some people out there. God Emperor Rob, I know he hates sours. I know there's some people that are coming around to the sours, like Pete Sullivan. I'm going out and I'm going to find the best one and I'm going to feature it here on the show. But ladies and gentlemen, it has come time for me to now wrap up this show. I really, really, I'm really, really glad that you guys were here and I'm really glad that I was able to provide another show to you guys. Like I said, it's going to get tighter. It's going to get better. As time goes on, as I get more used to it, it's going to be like riding a bicycle for me. I stumbled a couple times this time around, but I promise you, this show is here to stay. Thanks to you. And I appreciate your time and I appreciate your love and support. Cheers to the weekend, everybody. Go out there and go get yourself. Go to Five Boroughs Brewing Co. It's right over the bridge. It's in Brooklyn. Third Avenue, right over there. Right before you go to the Micro Center, you can stop there first. Very nice place. Very industrial looking on the inside, but nice. Very fun. Cool vibe. Go there and get these beers. Go out there and get some craft beer. Enjoy it this weekend. It's going to be super, super hot, so you want to have something delicious and delightful and refreshing that's not a White Claw or a Truly. I think it's the other one or whatever like that. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to catch you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers, everybody.